When it comes to extraordinary sales growth, having an effective training program is usually underestimated. It's not as simple as just distributing a handbook. You need a more effective approach. We'll discuss how you can get started on building a powerful and streamlined training program for your sales team. Today on Growth Marketing for Martians. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Growth Marketing for Martians. I am your host, as always, Jeff Lambert. I'm joined by Rogelio Rodriguez, and today we're going to be talking about sales training and the importance of building up a legitimate, thought-out program. And we have a special guest with us today who can really give us some great information as to working towards this goal. Thank you very much, Jeff. I'm Rogelio Rodriguez, and I am uh, excited to have our guest, my friend and uh also, uh, a great mentor of mine, Carlos Garrido. He's the co-founder and CEO of Absolute Sales Development at Sa- a Sandler Training Company here in Miami. Uh, he has more than 20 years of international consulting, coaching, and business development experience. And he's also served as Senior Director of Business Development for AstraZeneca. And he started his career at PricewaterhouseCoopers as a CPA and investment banker. Welcome, Carlos. Hey, thanks, Rod. Nice to see you and Jeffrey. Thanks for inviting me on today. Absolutely. Now, Carlos, I, I had a really interesting time reading up on your background. You've certainly worked with a lot of industries, a lot of diverse individuals over the course of your career. One thing that jumped out at me in your bio, you had this overriding principle listed where you said, step one, get the right people on the bus. Can you explain to us what you mean by that? Yeah, sure. I mean, we we stole this. I mean, I stole this from Jim Collins, and and you know anybody that hasn't uh, hasn't read it, you know, you need to um, uh, that that that's an important principle. Get the right people on the bus um, is is the first step because it's people that deliver any strategy, right? And we're all wired in an entirely different way. Um, we bring to any role. Um, our own set of uh, scripting, our own uh, you know strengths and weaknesses, and and I think a lot of leaders as they're putting teams together, um, I think one of the mistakes that I notice people make is they they kind of assume that everyone's going to be like them, um, and so it, it, the strength of the team is in the diversity of the experience base and the natural competency set. Um, there are some core things that. Um, there are some core competencies which are a fit with the culture of the business. And, I, and most of my clients have a high level of ambition and drive. If you didn't have a high level of ambition and drive, why would you try and, uh, you know, why would you be so uber focused on your, on your sales process and your sales team? So, you know, that is likely to percolate down into the, uh, co- the culture of the business, that ambition and drive. Um, so, you know, there are some givens, ambition, uh, you know, a, a natural tendency to be a winner. There are those winner attributes, you know, they're strong attributes to have in any team. But then you've got to get the right people in the right roles. You know, there, there, there are some givens, but there are some uh, competencies that are very role specific. If you're getting a sales guy, you want, you know, obviously you want high ambition and drive, but you want, re- depending on the role, relationship management. Um, if you've got a very high hunter role, actually that relationship is going to get in the way. If you've got a farming role, that relationship, that tendency, that competency of managing relationships is more important. Uh, different people have got different needs for approval. You know, a hunter role, 
high, if you've got a high need for approval in a hunter role, especially a lot of prospecting, that's danger, danger, right? The, the ego investment of some people for we've got a high need of high need for approval. Um, that's gonna that's gonna get in their way. Um, and so I, you know, and I could go on and on about the different competencies. And I'm only talking about sales. You know, what about leadership? What about customer service? What about operations? Um, we're all wired in, in a different way, and and that's why we believe that one and and. We believe an important first step whenever we're working with a client is to do some pretty broad, broad, um, broad catchment assessment work. Really want to understand are the right people in the in. in the, otherwise, what are you going to do? You're going to invest training dollars into somebody who, you know, is in the wrong role. You know, I'm mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm from the, I'm from Europe, as you can tell, and and you know, I'm a soccer. I, I'm my my sport soccer. Well, you know, Lionel Messi probably one of the best footballers the world's ever seen wouldn't have been a great goalkeeper right he's like five foot something um and you know one of the, he wouldn't have been the world's best goalkeeper that's for sure um and so you've got to get the right people in the right role and then you've got to motivate and inspire and train and coach and and the and the um the journey never ends so that that's a long answer to a short question Je- uh, jeffrey and it sounds like the complete opposite of what a lot of businesses do, where they just throw the company handbook at the new employee or the the veteran and say, hey, here's our new policies. Good luck. Read that when you have a second. That doesn't sound like it lines up with what you're saying. Uh, well, actually, that the, you, you step there into the next most important part about team development. First most important part about team development is getting the right people. Second, and this is so valuable. And it's so easily missed, so often missed. The onboarding program in any business, the onboarding program is really where the value starts to be created. Um, and, and if there are any leaders listening to this, I think I would orient leaders um, to, to think about their team development in a pretty simple way. You know, what, what are the major roles and responsibilities of a of a uh, of a leader, of a manager of a team, or a leader of a team, or a leader of an organization. Well, the roles there are four major roles. You're as a leader, you are a, a supervisor, you're a trainer, you're a coach, and you're a mentor. But then you point those roles at various responsibilities, and there are and it, and if and if we can distill down into simple responsibilities. Um, first responsibility speaks exactly to the, your first two questions: to to attract, hire, recruit, onboard top talent. That's number one responsibility: attract, hire, recruit, onboard top talent. And if you miss the onboarding, you can forget about doing the other things right. And then you've got the other responsibilities, which are uh, number two responsibility: understand those people and their motivational hooks, because we're all motivated. We're, we're all driven in, in an entirely different way. Step number three is then articulate with clarity what's expected in language that speaks to the individual's motivational hooks, individuals, not the companies, but the individuals. And then step four is identify coaching opportunities. If you can do those four things, identify and capitalize on coaching opportunities, if you can say, I've got great talent, onboarded, brilliant, 
I understand them and how to motivate them. I articulate with clarity. Um, I articulate with clarity what the um, uh, what's expected of them, and then I'm going to capitalize, uh, identify, and capitalize on training and coaching opportunities as they develop in role. Um, you know, the training isn't just for the new and the needy, right? Training is an ongoing journey uh, for all members of the team, um, and so uh, those four responsibilities um, are where the are where the value creation is in leadership. I have a very, I have a very simple view of the world, and then you get into strategy and all the other things. But that that's that's about leadership and team development. Sure, I mean that very valuable information there, uh, Carlos. Uh, how do how do companies normally approach uh, sales training and professional development? Uh, you, you mentioned your way of doing it, but like, what do you what are you finding uh, companies are doing right now? So the 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 way in which a lot of companies make a mistake is they make the training for the new and the needy. You know, there's a culture in the organization. If you're involved in training, it's because there's a problem or you're new. The new and the needy. Uh, it becomes almost, it gets to the point where if you, you know, some people, some companies uh, are, are, have got the kind of culture there. If they're asked for, you know, if somebody's invited into a sales training or any training, the first reaction is, hey, what did I do wrong? I mean, it's crazy. Um, now, then there are those other companies, those companies that typically take a stride ahead of the pack, that increase market share. Those other companies, they make training in every role, not just sales. I mean, I get involved in sales and management and leadership training, but in all parts of their organization, they, um, they have a, a, an attitude which is continuous development of skill um, and, and um, an attitude and... Um, and behavior, that's what that's where the value is created and that's where growth comes from. Those companies typically stride forward. So there's what do I normally see? New and the needy. What do we believe is the um is the uh, uh the the magic training formula? It's continuous ongoing reinforcement training for for for, for the whole team. We also believe, by the way, that everybody's in sales because it isn't just a, you know, this isn't just the guy who's carrying around a business card that says sales rep on it. We actually believe, especially in um, a medium size or smaller company, everybody's in sales. Everybody's in sales. I mean, what is a sale, right? A sale, I don't, a, a sale is uh, any opportunity you have to help somebody to make a decision, a teacher sells, a parent sells. Any time you're helping somebody make a great decision, well, that's a sales role. So. We talk about that a lot on our end of the of the ladder too, where you know we preach aligning your marketing and your sales departments. Make sure one hand knows what the other hand's doing because you're both working towards the same goal, yet a lot of times these departments never speak to each other. And that's a foundational error that we try and fix right off the bat as well. Mm-hmm. Now, Carlos, in, in what we're discussing, you mentioned that there are benefits to creating an ongoing professional development program for everybody in your company. What are some specific benefits that you have seen from instituting that, that structured sales training program for your staff? Why should I invest in that as a CEO or a decision maker at my company? So if I can, if I may, I'll take a step back from that question and say, Firstly, identify why is there a benefit from introducing a structured sales system? And once we've identified if that's a good idea, 
well, then you need to train people on systems, right? I mean, the, the training people on systems is is the um, is 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 well understood. The, I think the the reason that, we're, that a lot of companies run into a wall here is they don't think about their sales as a system. They think about their sales in an, as an entirely kind of personal human, and it is a system that's driven by humans, but it should be a system. If you've got a system, a selling system, well, then you know that the, the whoever the, the company's in control. You've got control. A system means you can save time. A system means that you can ident- forecast and identify which opportunities are on track or off track. Um, a system gives you the ability to duplicate positive results and things that went well. A system gives you an opportunity to debrief a sales call or a sale, you know, an opportunity. Without a system, nobody's speaking the same language. Um, and a system gives you the opportunity to recognize problems. So identifying that, okay, I get it, there's a there's a system that we need. But then once you create the system, people need to be trained to use it. Otherwise, they will fall back into their behaviors and habits. And it'll turn into a, uh, you know, the m- most people that we speak to, they haven't even got a sales system. And they haven't even got salespeople. They've got order takers. And there's no judgment in that. I, you know, I don't say that with any judgment um, because they've not been given a sales system to operate, you know. So what are they going to do? They're going to take orders. Uh, an order comes in, an inbound lead comes in, uh, and, and some close and some don't. And, hey, what can I do? It's all about the leads. How many times do you hear that? It's not me, boss. It's these leads. It's like the scene from Glengarry Glen Ross, you know, where they got the, the little bundle of golden leads, like it glows. These are the good leads. I mean, it's nonsense. Um, so have a solid sales system um, and have then you've got people who can truly be sales people rather than order takers. Absolutely. But you asked, but that actually just realized that wasn't the question you asked. The question you asked was why should they institute sales training? And that was a very long way of saying to grow and increase sales and margins, sell more stuff for more money quickly, more quickly. Absolutely. And and to your larger point, Carlos, you know, you're teaching a man to fish in a way instead of giving a a fish what you're saying, create the system. And that is going to lead to overall organizational success. You're just building that culture of we're constantly getting better. We're constantly learning new ways. We're not just sitting there and passing the buck if something goes wrong. Yeah, that's right. And, And you know, so many sales managers, they create learned helplessness within the team, right? So teammate, team member comes to sales manager, hey, boss, help me close this one. And sales manager helps them close that one. What's he done? Just to your point, giving him a fish. How much, how, how much more growth is there in teaching him to fish, yeah, rather than solving all the problems and creating learning? I've just come off a coaching call with one of my leaders just a minute ago. And if he's listening to this, he'll know who I'm talking about. Uh, and, I, and I've just come off that call saying, and I just said to him, you are creating learned helplessness within your team. You're not creating what you should be, which is autonomous people, self-sufficient, highly motivated. 
Those three things are in the gift of the sales manager or any leader in an organization. That's in the gift of the leader of the organization. And so many CEOs, they scratch their head and say, it's my guys, it's my guys. It's usually not. It's usually the leader. Um, you know, I have a sales manager that I work with, and he is very – whenever he whenever he promotes he's – a, he's a leader, sales leader. Whenever he promotes a sales manager, he has lunch with them. And he says to and he says to them, hey, listen, I want you to know that for 20 years I've been leading um, sales organizations. I have never I have never fired a salesman. I only ever fire sales managers. Uh, that's the opening talk track for a new sales manager because <laughs> he believes there's no such thing as a you know as a bad salesman. There's only bad sales managers. My next question is: is what are what are the common success factors for truly effective training programs? And then also, what are the outcomes? Um, so, well, the outcomes is easy, right? Yeah. More money, more margin more team development, more higher engagement. And I think that those three, those three magic cogs, autonomy, self-sufficiency, you know, autonomy, high skill, highly motivated. That's the outcome. Uh, how do you get there? Well, first you design a, a solid sales system because if you're training without a system, it's like, you know, it's like, it's like trying to teach someone how to drive without letting them drive on a road. You know, it's all like virtual reality. I mean, it, it, you need a system for someone to drive. Um, once you've de- once you've designed that system, uh, and we help a lot of people design those systems, those sales systems, those, you know, how do you go from a lead? I mean, what's the difference between a marketing system and a sales system? You guys are all marketing. Uh, we believe that, that sales starts the first time a human being talks to another human being. On the first hello, Antonio always likes to say, sales starts at the first hello. And so, you know, what, what's the lead generation system? What's the lead development system? What's, the, uh, what's then the discovery process look like for a salesperson? And then how do you contract? How do you control that sale over the line? And then expand the relationship. They're all sales challenges. How do you design effective training for that? Well, I think there are five key uh, areas. Number one, reinforcement. People don't change overnight. They don't change. In fact, our first, Sandler's first sales book, I may have a copy. No, I don't think I have. Uh, not, not to hand. Um, is you can't teach a kid to ride a bike at a seminar. That's the title. You've seen that book, Rod, right? Yeah. That's the title of the book. You can't teach a kid to ride a bike at a seminar. You know, so sales training. I mean, we. I, I I like it when I when I meet somebody. Um, I, in my sales process, I always say to a client, "Hey, listen, sales training doesn't work. Impact training doesn't work. You can't change over light. You know, if it was easy, if it was that easy, I'd be 180 pounds and look like you know you, Rod. But I'm not. I'm like <laughs> massively overweight, and it isn't because I don't know what I shouldn't eat, shouldn't shouldn't eat. It isn't because I don't know it. It's pretty simple, right? But it's not easy. Sales is simple, but it's not easy. So a reinforcement program rather than an impact is number one uh, key factor. Impact seminars never work. Continuous reinforcement training always works. If it's backed up by number two, the number two magic element, management, it can't happen in isolation from management. Management is the key to the lock. 
the sales manager, the coach that get, you know, a sales trainer gets somebody for an hour or two a week. The sales manager's got them for the other 50 hours. It's the, it's a sales management puzzle more than anything, which is why we train so we almost exclusively train salespeople and their managers in separate programs. The manager gets manager program and is invited into the sales program and the salespeople get their own separate program because it's a different set of processes. We teach a sales management program that fits alongside a sales program. Um, one second. Um, executive, the third, the third major element in my view is executive participation. Owner must, if it's a smaller company, owner must play must play it isn't an option it isn't endorsement it isn't giving a thumbs up from the sides hey you guys go for it if owner doesn't play or if the senior leader the ceo doesn't participate way deeper than endorsement it's likely to fail it like because then you know why that in any organization there are rules guidelines and laws if you don't make the new sales process the law, it's all going to spin off track. So it has to become the law. Uh, because people we've just identified, the hardest thing in the world to do is to is human behavior, is human behavioral change, human behavioral change. Um, and without senior um, leader participation, it ain't going to go anywhere. Third element, sorry, fourth element is collect data. Be very data-driven. Have pre-data and post-data on conversion rates, close rates, margins, activity. You know, how many dials, how many networkers, how many conversations. A lot of data. Data is very powerful uh, to find what's working, what's not working, who's doing the right things where. And then the final piece, the fifth piece is... Um, don't just look at it in isolation training. You train that we believe there are three major elements to success, behavior, attitude, and technique. You coach attitude, you manage behaviors, you train skill, mm-hmm. train uh, technique. So you're only hitting, you know, in that, and in that three-legged stool, which is the most important leg, they're all important in a three-legged stool. So it isn't all about training the skill, the technique part, that has to go with a coach, manager as coach, which is why we train our managers to be coaches, and behavior, the supervisory part, manage behaviors. Without behavior, you can have all the great technique in the world, all the great attitude in the world. I could see myself as a long-distance runner, great attitude, I believe. Tony Robbins, I walk across hot coals, I believe. I might even then have great, you know, great education on nutrition and I might know all the technique about how to run, but until I actually pull some sneakers on and run around a little bit, the behavior part, it's for nothing. It's not real. So you've got to manage supervised behaviors too. That's a long, uh, that was a very long answer to your question. Oh, there's great information in there, Carlos. And, and you know, it, it comes back to, I think, one of the most important things that you said. You have to reinforce, you know, what's going in by doing, you know. And, and if you look back, even into antiquity, you know, there was always this, this, this guiding principle that humans learn by doing. We have to put it into practice. We can't just hear it because, it, like you said, if, if the behavior part doesn't occur, 
it's just it's just knowledge that you know dumps into our ears and swizzles around in our brain and maybe stays there for a little bit but it doesn't improve it doesn't get better i mean it's not just humans it's all animals right you know mm-hmm. a, a little baby bird what does mummy bird do at one point when they think big baby bird's strong enough throws her out of the nest throw the baby out of the nest that she'll soon figure out how to fly <laughs> you throw them out of the nest <laughs> you don't learn to fly sat in the nest you gotta be thrown out of the nest you're talking about how I learned to swim now at this point, Carlos. That's exactly how I learned to swim too. <laughs> and exactly how I taught my kids to swim. But yeah, doing jump in if there was a trouble, if there was a problem. Yeah. Sure, sure. So supervised uh practice is always the way to go. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Carlos, if I'm listening to this, then I'm a business owner, maybe I'm a decision maker at my company. You know, we try and get down to practical applications of of what we talk about on the show, you know, getting down to brass tacks. Where would you start if you were one of these individuals and you, you're seeing the importance of putting a professional sales training program into play, an ongoing one, a structured one? What's the next step for me if I want to actually start making this happen? Oh, well, the, fir- the first thing I would, of course, I'm going to tell you to do is pick up the phone and call me or shoot me an email. <laughs> That's the right first step. Um, but, you know, it, it's worth recognizing a couple of important things because everybody wants to sell more, right? Oh, I want to sell. Nobody ever says to me, Carlos, we want to sell about the same this year as we sold last year. Everybody wants to sell more. The question is, how hard, how much do you want it? Because it is a journey. And let me tell you, we are, if you work with us and anybody who's credible in this field, because it is so highly skilled, it is such a rarefied ability to be able to change a a company's uh, sales team and sales process and results. Um, uh, because it creates so much value. Let me tell you, we are hideously expensive. I mean, like, you know, heart attack expensive. So if somebody's talking to me, they're usually telling me one of three things. Either one, that I've got a problem that needs to be fixed yesterday. I'm done with this. I've got a problem in management or I've got a problem in the sales team or we're not hiring the right people or whatever it is. Yesterday is my time frame. Or they're telling me, number two, we are not where we need to be, and I'm done with it. The numbers are not where they need to be. And then sometimes they tell me, Carlos, we're trending down, and this can't survive. We really need to be trending up again. Now, sometimes that's a problem, right? Because sometimes people uh, call me when they're up to the neck in quicksand, and there's nothing I can do. You need to be up to your knees knees in quicksand to, to, to get my help. If you're up to your neck, uh, it looks like you're going to get swallowed up by the by the quicksand. Um, so, and and listen, there isn't only us in the world. I mean, you know, there are some. I, I would go to a reputable, um, a, a company that's done it a lot, that that's helped a lot of people, um, and you know, can can show evidence and 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 um, experience. Changing people is hard. Uh, and so I would definitely look to work with an organization that's done it many, many times over. This isn't just, if you're not prepared to take it that seriously, in all honesty, save your money as a business owner. If any business owners are watching this, shoot me an email. If you haven't got a big funds, I'll, sh- you know, just buy a book. Yeah. Buy some books and I'll tell you the good ones. And then there's some, there are some bad ones, but there are some great ones. You know, buy a book for everyone and make everyone read it and then, you know, get them all together once a month and give them the learnings. That's pretty cool uh, to do. It's going to be a much longer journey, but that's all right. You know, it, it's it's 
It's the mm-hmm. needs of uh, some companies have got a need like that. That's all right. Yeah, absolutely. The thing right. I hear you saying, Carlos, overall is just start. Yeah. Start. It ain't going to fix itself, right? It just it isn't. It's like you know, if you've got a cholesterol problem, it ain't going to fix itself. You have to. You don't don't be an ostrich. Look at it in the eye, you know, and 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 decide. Make a decision that that this isn't going to survive another year. That this is important enough to fix. Yeah. Sure, Carlos. How about I, I have experience with Sandler. I went through your program. I loved it. Uh, so I understand some of the the different facets. And and you mentioned it a little earlier. You mentioned that you had one from for managers, one for salespeople, maybe even for an executive. Can you give us a little insight about uh, the specifics of those programs that you have available? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, uh, so for with our our sales program is um, we have we have what we call public clients. Where, which is the program you were in, Rod, um, which is um, where uh, leaders, managers, and salespeople from different um, industries and different companies all come together and work through our curriculum and our role-playing. And I, and I actually believe that is our most powerful program. I think it is so powerful. If I'm teaching, for example, if I'm training that particular day on – I don't know, a particular closing technique or a uh, maybe how to speak about money, how to do a budget question or whatever. To have an insurance guy sat next to a guy who sells capital goods, sat next to a guy who's a, a lawyer, you know, having these different disciplines all together and hearing how different industries are manifesting the techniques, um, um, that is extraordinarily powerful because it really does ram it home. Um so I believe that's our, our most powerful. So we have these public programs, um, our sales program. We have a sales mastery program, which will we our clients will typically stay with us for you know just years and years and years. They meet every week. We role play. We, you know, we do coaching. We um, we 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 learn and master um, all, all these techniques. So um, that's a public program. Our sales mastery program actually has a primer program that we run. Because if we were going to put a novice in with some of the guys who've been with us for seven, six years, it's going to be a misfit. People are going to be swamped with new language, new system, new philosophies. And so we have a primer program that runs and then that graduates into our mastery program. I mean, we're very fortunate. I think I have around 700 to 800 learners right now um, within you know, probably around 70, 60, 70 companies that I support. Um, we have the public program, but we also have private programs. And we've got, a, we're, we're, you know, we, we're, um, we've magnetized a, an awful lot of clients to us over the years. And so um, we're very fortunate. Um, we've got many very big companies and medium-sized companies that are a very big team, Yesterday, I was tra- was a training day for one of our big multinationals where we had we had uh, on on tu- a good example. This is um, this is a private client. They're a big uh, con- uh, const- they're not construction. They're a they're an industrial products company, mm-hmm. um, private equity backed. And I do on a Tuesday, I do a management session with them. So I get it globally all the managers together, and we learn their management. Uh, a management system. And then on Thursdays, uh, once a month, we do um, the sales guys, but we have to kind of slice it up. So I do a session 
um, at 6 a.m. for the Europeans. I then do a session for 12 at 12 for the Americans, my time. And then I do, and then my colleague in uh, Sao Paulo does a session for the Brazilian team in Portuguese. And then my colleague um, does a 10.30 at night session for the Asia team. So we've broken them into, uh, you know, into four groups. So we have these private clients. That's, that's an example of how we'd structure a private client assignment with training managers, training salespeople. And then we have an, a, a beautiful online environment where we bring video tips and coaching and, um, uh, and curriculum and, and development through the online system too. Um, so we, we, we create a very rich development environment. Instructor-led training is usually a cornerstone, but it also has, we have virtual coaching, face-to-face -face coaching. We have audio, video resources that we bring them. Um, and so we create this rich development environment for people. And we'll make sure to discuss a little bit more about how listeners can connect with you and Absolute Sales Development to be able to follow up if they have uh, seen the light you know, during this episode about how important it is to institute this type of program. But Carlos, before we get to that point, there's one question I want to ask you. We like to ask this for our guests when they come on. We're, we're, a, we're a futuristic show. We have a Martian for our logo. We talk about what's coming down the pipe tomorrow. In your mind and in your experience, and uh, if you had the ability to see the future and predict it, where do you think the future of selling is going? What's going to be tomorrow's way to sell products or tomorrow's method to sell? Okay, it depends whether you mean tomorrow, tomorrow, or if you mean in you know, 20, 30 years time tomorrow. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a real, almost, um, a, 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 it's almost too casual, this, an answer. I don't think much changes. Not in the near term. I think people buy from people. I think, um, you know, it's been very well proven that at a certain trigger point, I think it's around $1,200, $1,500, there's a point when a person needs a salesperson to help them make a great decision. And I think that's going to be around for a long, long time. That, that um, um, I think that's going to be around for a long time. Now, something let's, that, uh... let's get a little smarter about it. I think that channels are going to become much more important. Um, I think channel relationships, I think the latest study from Forrester said something like, I don't know, I'm going to guess, it's like seven out of every $8 that are spent in the next 20 years is going to be through a channel. And that, I might even have the date wrong. It might even be nearer than that. So channel management, channel partnerships, I think those become much and, – and being a, a channel salesperson, by the way, is probably one of the hardest jobs in sales. The hardest job in sales, by the way, is first-line sales manager. Second hardest job in sales is a channel lead. Um, and I think AI is going to be – if I was going to look at it, it's so incredible what's happening with AI at the moment and VR so um, and augmented reality. I think those are a feature in 10 years' time, but I can't ever believe Somebody's ever going to buy legal services, for example, off a computer. I don't. I don't. I think they need somebody. I think they need a person to help them make a great decision. I hope so. And Carlos, how can everyone connect with you? What's the best way to reach you? Um, Carlos.garrido at sandler.com is cool. That's C A R L O S dot G A R R I D O at sandler.com and sandler spelt like adam sandler 
Um, my uh, a good number to catch me on is seven eight six five four seven nine six ten. Um, and also just connect with me on LinkedIn. Hey, there aren't many Carlos Garridos at Sandler. So, you know, just do a LinkedIn search for me. I'm based out of Miami. Um, I have a nice LinkedIn community. We bring a lot of value to our LinkedIn community just through posts and stuff. So that might be cool. Uh, and of course, if you're listening to this podcast and then if there's anyone in your world that you think would value a conversation with me, then please reach out and, and, and uh, introduce me to somebody you feel we might be able to help. That rod, you may remember, is the way to ask for a referral. Yes. Fantastic. Thank um, you. <laughs> and to our listeners, we'll make sure to include all this contact information in the show notes so you can just look right there and take that next that next step, which we think is so important. Carlos, overall, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your insight and your wisdom with us. Thank you. Thank you, Rod. Thank you, uh, Jeffrey. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Growth Marketing for Martians, a weekly podcast all about tomorrow's business growth tips today. This podcast is brought to you by Risen, a revenue growth firm focused on innovative strategies and proven tactics to help scale your business. Learn more about how they can help you by visiting www.gorisen.com or follow their adventures on social media. Profile links are in the show notes. Thanks for your support and keep on reaching for the stars.